Welcome to Tall, Dark, and Fictional, a podcast about romance fiction by romance writers. I am author Kat Wynn. And who do I have with me today? Gabby Marie. Hello. Gabby, welcome back to the podcast. How have you been? Pretty good. You know, <laughs> somehow we're halfway through February 2024, and I'm not really sure how. Okay, that is my least favorite thing when people bring up the passage of time and how quickly it goes by. It reminds well, me that I will one day pass away and no longer be here. Well, here we are. We can't avoid the reality of it. Oh my God, how dare you? Um <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Today, we have a special guest because I I think SJ has already announced this. I think she's announced that she's moving. So I I think she's mentioned it. So I'll just say this. She is moving um, or at least she will be moving. So Gabby and I are doing a low key sneaky recording without her because she's very busy right now. And I didn't want to I didn't want to bother her with that. And also, um, Gabby is coming on as part of the Tall, Dark and Fictional team. Yeah. So so you're going to be hearing more from Gabby and you're also going to be seeing her uh, post things and uh, I don't know what else just yet, but she's definitely coming on to our team and I'm really excited about that and I'm also very grateful for it. So thank you, Gabby. You're welcome. I mean, I forced my way in, so like, let's be real about it. It's the same way I would like be my friend. (laughs) Actually, you totally did not force your way in. I am like incredibly grateful, but also incredibly grateful for your friendship because because as an adult, that's what you have to do. You have to force your way sure. into friendships yeah. or you'll just die alone like a man. Do you want to die alone like a man? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, no, definitely not. <laughs> I always love like I see this on TikTok a lot where people will be like hey, asking a woman, they'll be like, if your husband died, would you ever get remarried? And like 99.9% of them are like, I will never, 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 yeah, never, never, never. But like every man has to get remarried or he has nothing. He that's has true. nothing. I already have like a plan to like live out my old day, like like true golden girl style. Yes. I, I want to be a part of that. that. Yeah, totally. I, I, you know, might do it anyway. I'm just kidding. I love my <laughs> partner. <laughs> but like, you know, if I, if I ended up alone, I would never be alone really because I have my friends exactly same never be alone yeah. uh anyway that was a fun way to start not at all morbid talking about death like four times in the beginning of the podcast right on top yeah that's just how it is in the year of our lord 2024 in the year of Al Gore's internet 2024 um so anyway let's talk about some writing stuff I have released a novella hooray Woo! so there's really not much to say about it if you I love the idea of people trapped in an elevator so the novella is people trapped in an elevator so if you are into that and you want a quick valentine's day read i would recommend it it's called going down because in the romance community we love a pun yep i think it's our favorite preview of what perhaps a pun a double entendre gives us something to live for so um if you are into enemies lovers neighbors uh force proximity as always then you should definitely check it out i published it on kindle unlimited so it's available there and um yeah and my main character is kind of a jerk jerky cocky guy my favorite kind of guy to write yeah those are my favorite to read also neighbors to lovers is awesome i like it i feel like there's not enough of it weren't you kind of working one out at one point you were writing (laughs) a neighbors to lovers of course i was (laughs) i have listen the idea is still there i wrote it down on post-its i don't know where those post-its are but i still have some of the idea up in this in the old noggin of mine so someday okay every i have so many ideas that i have 
openly talked about on the podcast and been like, I'm going to publish this book, wrote the whole thing or wrote half of it. And they just like, haven't done it or it didn't come to fruition. Like I wanted it to, but I stand by the fact that I will write every single one of those ideas that I came up with. I just haven't yet. That's all. And that's okay. You just have to be inspired. I have things that I've written that I forgot that I wrote. Like what? Um, I'm trying to think. I have, well, I have the one book that I finished, you know, the whole thing that I finished, like the um, sports romance. <laughs> I yes. forgot that I wrote that. That it's- was a football romance, right? Yeah, it's a football romance. It's done. Have I done anything with it? No. Um, And then I have a couple, like I have two other like half written works. Like we're talking like, I don't know, 35 to 40,000 words that I just kind of abandoned. Um, And yeah, I just have a, this is, you know, my unfortunate, uh, this is how I operate when things get a little too hard I just switched to a different project (laughs) I feel like I for one I feel like that's normal and I think it's okay and everyone's process is different I I really believe that I think and that all of our processes like change they change as we as we continue through our writing journey I want to shout out EMDR I don't know if people if I have been talking about this on the podcast but I've been doing EMDR for like I don't know a while now Mm -hmm. not maybe like six seven months um which is like a certain type of bottom up therapy which means you're like processing emotions it's like like talk therapy cbd that's all like top down therapy where you're starting from like the the outside working down this is from the inside like working out kind of does that make sense i don't know if i'm describing it right i've heard you i know we've talked about it and i've heard people talk i i don't i'm still not like super clear on what it is but i've heard yes it it does kind of give like cult vibes when you describe it because it's like what does that mean? You know what I mean? Where someone's like, when like no one really gives a good answer. So I will describe what it is. Okay. So EMDR is processing of memories and the emotions attached to those memories. And what do I mean by processing? I mean this, Mm -hmm. we all have negative cognitions and beliefs about ourselves. So if you're thinking about a certain negative belief about yourself, like for instance, one of my beliefs is I'm a loser. I have this very deeply ingrained in me, uh, Mm -hmm. even though, cause I was a gift. Listen, I was a gifted child. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was gifted child to loser pipeline. So I, as so many of us were <laughs> so many. Um, so that's like a negative cognition. So what they do is there are a way it's, it's, it's I can't remember. Uh, it's eye movement desensitization reprocessing, I think is what it stands for. If I'm wrong, mm-hmm. sorry. Um, okay. So what my therapist has me do is we think about that negative cognition I have. I'm a loser or whatever. And then you have to, this, this is where it sounds crazy. There are different ways to do it, but how my therapist therapist does it now is I follow a dot back and forth on the screen so that I'm looking back and forth. And as I'm looking back and forth, I'm thinking about that cognition and different memories pop up in your head. So, and there'll be like feelings related to that memory. So I remember a time when I needed help on a paper and my mother yelled at me or something, you know, it could be little things yeah. like that. Or it could, and usually they're like older memories, like core memories, things that have happened to you that have really like um, built who you are as a person. And yeah. then you do that until you can't anymore. And it sounds Sounds like nothing, but when I tell you afterwards, I'm like wiped out. Like I can't even do anything after I have one of those sessions. And I almost always cry. I'll start thinking of something and like the tear, it's like, and it's like reflexive crying. It's not like mm-hmm. crying that you realize is going to happen. It's just like, boom, all of a sudden, tears, 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 tears. And it's wild. It's really <laughs> wild. And sometimes you do feel like a really big release of emotion that you didn't know you were holding in. So the whole point of it is you basically, like reprocess those emotions that you never integrated properly into your memory and into
into your body. And so yeah. later on, when you have this feeling of I'm a loser, um, the feeling that goes with it that maybe makes you act a certain way is gone. Mm -hmm. So like maybe I have this like belief that I'm a loser. And so therefore I self-sabotage or something because every time I go to start writing something, I give up because I'm like, it's too hard. I can't do it. I'm overwhelmed. I have too many feelings that I can't sit with. And so I have to cope with those feelings by doing something else. But when that feeling's gone, I'm like, oh, I can start writing and I can withstand the discomfort that that gives me and I can move past it. Does that make sense? It does actually. Yeah. That really like, I'm like, now I kind of want to try that. Oh my God. No, you should do it. I I, I totally recommend it. I recommend it to everybody. And I talked to many people before I did it who had also done it and they're all like life changing, but it really is life changing. So for example, now, and it's not just the EMDR. I've obviously been, I've been processing things for like years now. I I had a really traumatic childhood, so I've gone through a lot of processing, whatever. Um, But you know, I've realized now, like my ability and my productivity is so much higher. I'm still working through stuff, but it's like, you know, I can sit down and write 6,000 words and it's just nothing is really like, I still have things that hold me back, but um, it's not like it used to be. And in the, and I no longer have a lot of the same fears like internally that I felt that would stop me from doing things. Or like, I will even be able to interrupt the normal like cycle of thoughts that I would have that would stop me from moving forward. So I might think something like, I might start to get into my head about how are you going to fix this? You're never going to figure this story out. Like you can't figure it out. You're not smart enough to figure it out. You're not talented Mm -hmm. enough to figure it out. Uh, You're going to write something and it's just going to be trash and everyone's going to hate it, right? Like I might get into that spiral, but but I will actually be able to stop it now. I'll be able to be like, actually, I can work through this. And even Mm -hmm. if I don't, I'll work through it next time or, but I won't be able to get anywhere if I don't sit down and try right now. You know what I mean? Like it really does actually work. So I feel like now that you like talk about it, I feel like just in the time that I've known you and like when we've been writing together in sprints, like I feel like I could see that now because now that you like now when we talk about writing, you're like, it's not the whatever, like the constant pain of being like, I can't get any fucking words out. Like there's just no fucking words, you know, like that kind of. Oh my god, that's so true. I I love my therapist. My therapist is great and I love her. I love working with her, but I mean, I'm all about whatever uh, other options there are too to like add on. Yeah, you can do both. You you can do your regular talk therapy. Um, No, you're actually exactly right what you're saying because that used to be a problem for me. I'd be like, I got nothing. I got nothing. That doesn't happen to me anymore. So I don't know. Interesting. I still wake up in the middle of the night haunted by a feeling that something is going to get me. So haven't worked out that cognition yet. (laughs) Hey, working on it. (laughs) Not all at once. Listen, life is, uh, is a project. Um, also I will say this EMDR also helped me with something that I was going through. If our readers can relate, this is not, this is kind of related to writing in that, as you know, I get migraines and they can Mm -hmm. be pretty raunchy and they can really like ruin my life. And one thing that was contributing or is contributing to my migraines, I would say is my, um, vision has gotten worse now that I've just turned 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I need glasses now. And I have been putting off seeing the doctor and with EMDR, I just went, I just went and saw the doctor. Like I did it. Like you I went putting it off. Anymore. Yeah. I didn't keep canceling and I didn't keep like, just cause there was always like a thing where I had like, I don't know even why I used to do that, but I always used yeah. to like doctor's appointments and I have not done that like for many months now. So, and I know that's EMDR related somehow because it's like such a change. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and then, so I got something called neural lens. I don't 
have it yet, but I'll probably get it next week. Um, so if anyone's tried NeuroLens for their migraines, give me a shout. Oh, yeah. Think. Those are the glasses you sent me, right? Like they're special lenses to help with the migraines. Yeah. yeah. Oh, allegedly. It's like for your misalignment in your eyes. Apparently. Mm-hmm. My vision's actually very good, but my misalignment is very bad, apparently. So I don't know if that's what's causing it. I don't know if that'll help, but fingers crossed. So anyway. Yeah. No, I mean, that would be great if it could help because obviously I know. I mean, I, I don't suffer from migraines, but just from knowing you, like how sort of debilitating they are when they hit seems really fucking terrible. So yeah. So enough about me. (laughs) What's on your mind writing wise? You know, that's a great question. Um, I have been kind of like on and off stumped writing wise, um, for like a while now for like, I don't know, four or five, six months. So that's kind of a long time. Tell me about Um, it. (laughs) That's kind of a long time. Um, but I'm trying to figure out ways to sort of get back into it. I think I might start a news. Um, yes. Didn't I just gonna... talk to you about this? Yes, we were yesterday. just talking about it. So now I've been like <laughs> thinking about it. Um, I don't know. I had this really great session with, <laughs> sorry for everybody if you want to hear about all of our therapy stuff. But I it's all I want to hear about personally. I had a really great uh, meeting with my therapist the other day where we were talking about like empathy. Um, and I'm a person who feels like sometimes I have too much empathy and it is, can be a little debilitating in the sense that I have a hard time sometimes making it through the day because I am so, I can get so affected and so sad about, um, you know, other people or circumstances or, I mean, you know, I could see a sad video about an animal and just be kind of like done for the day and I can't do anything else, you know, or. I mean, obviously the state of the world right now. So there's that as well. So anyways, for some reason, it made me feel like I wanted to write about empathy because one of the things she asked me was, where did you, where do you think you learned to be empathetic? And I started crying immediately. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And I was like, oh, it was my mom. And so now I like want to write a whole thing about it. If anybody wants to read it, I might write it. I do. <laughs> sent it. So yeah. Anyways. I want to I read it. <laughs> I would love if you wrote something about that. I would love it. And I promise you I would cry. I mean, you know, I probably cry writing it. You know, it'll be a return to, you know, I'll be, re- as we've talked about our live journals that we once had 20 years ago. <laughs> Never uh, cried when writing a live journal entry. Mine were just pure fucking hedonism. Yeah, no, mine, not, mine weren't serious then. They were more of like, sort of like a burn book that I had in my mind in college it was most of my live journal entries were about my college roommates yeah. and how much they annoyed the shit out of me um <laughs> and love them still love them right but um that was the that was what it was and then I was just like here world read my shit um totally fine <laughs> so this is the 2.0 version of that so we'll see I might I've been thinking about that because then also I think it'll just help me get writing um you know what you and me together I think you and I if we like remind ourselves to write newsletters that would be great it would I would first I have to make one you know I gotta like do that check easy um, easy easy done I know. lemon squeezy but um but yeah so I you know I have a an out a new outline I'm working on for a book dark romance again that's uh, that of course what I was working on previous to this that I kind of stalled out a little bit is a dark like mafia romance so this is in that same vein um but I have like this I think for months and months I've had this like scene in my head that wasn't gonna work in the other book 
And so that is what has like driven me to be like, fuck it. I'm just going to work on this one instead. So that's kind of fiction wise, romance rise where I want to, what I want to work on for now. I think that's great. I love, I think all of my books, I was talking to my husband about this and I think everything that I write comes from um, just a feeling I have, like Mm -hmm. an image I have in my mind. I want to create this feeling and then maybe I'll have like a scene or two and then that will be like the, or I'll have like a concept. I like to write a lot of high concepts. So maybe I'll have that. Like what if two people work in elevator or whatever? But, you know, and then that's what I what I like work towards when I write. So I think having like one really strong scene in your head that you're like, mm-hmm. I really want that. Like, I, I feel like it can really anchor a story and it can be it can make, you know, the writing process a lot more exciting. You have to have at least seen like that, I think. Yeah, you have to be excited about it. And I feel like when I write primarily the thing that like in terms of like my own writing, I think I usually have a strong open. I know some people like say they hate the beginning, but I actually really love the beginning because to me there's like look at these possibilities and like all these things. And I like to just jump right into the action of a story. Like that's beautiful. I love that. Right. Um, Usually. So, you know, obviously the murky middle is like where I have the hardest time as probably does a lot of people uh, as do a lot of people. Um, But I have just such a a clear vision of how I want this, this one to start. So I'm just going to do it. Do it. As you and SJ always say, you guys are so encouraging. Like, I'm like, I feel like I'll never do this. And you're both like, just, yes, you you will fucking do it. So stop you that will. shit. So yeah. you will. You will do it. Um, I think that's the biggest hurdle to writing. And I don't think you actually like ever believe it until you do it yourself, if that makes sense. Like, it's yeah. hard to leave. It kind of sounds like platitudes until, or like, yeah, it sounds like platitudes until you actually do it. Like, all the writing advice. I ever read and like listened to because before I actually sat down and like wrote a novel I was like none of this applies to me because I can't figure it out I'd be like none of this advises me because I just fundamentally can't figure it out but then the more I kind of slogged through it then I did figure it out and I'm just gonna say this goes back to my EMDR which is that I had this belief that I'm not allowed to fail uh everything I do I have to do it right the first time but so Mm -hmm. much writing is failing and doing it wrong so many times until finally you do it right and that's all writing is actually and I learned that lesson in my fucking 30s my late 30s (laughs) yeah no makes sense yeah it feels like yeah and sometimes I think I'll I'll be like god I wish I'd started sooner you know or like I wish I'd figured out what I am like super passionate about sooner Um, but then I'm like you know what I'm 41 that's not that old like not not these days right like I still feel physically I'm 85 but mentally (laughs) I'm like 27 you know that's kind of where I feel like I am I was just gonna say like how can I be 40 years old when I'm actually 26 how can I be (laughs) honestly 26 was not a great time for me I want to just fast forward to like 32 and just stay right there 32 is great well I don't know I don't know I think that I do lately oh my god I've been going through it lately like really going through it I've been like going on like ancestry.com I think I've been telling you all about this I've been like lighting candles for my ancestors straight up lighting candles for my ancestors I've been um like I found this news article that my grandmother my paternal grandmother had uploaded to ancestry.com she uploaded a few things that had my great grandfather on like a picture of him and the family and like you know I've been seeing all these things so I've been like Mm -hmm. really trying to like connect to the past sometimes for some 
reason. And it's been giving me this feeling of like a uh, timelessness from my life. You know what I mean? I, yeah. It sounds crazy, but it's been giving me this feeling of like time doesn't end or begin. And that, and that, and maybe this is just because I'm afraid to be older and I'm afraid to be 40 because I still feel so young. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, there is no like beginning and end. You just like are a being that exists within this very moment. I think it makes sense. And also, I think we've talked about this before, like feeling I've been thinking a lot lately just in general about like I don't know so many things I mean like how like how to like build community like I have I like I think I have especially within the writing community I have found some like really amazing friends and I feel like we've all remained friends for like these last several years and I don't think I realized that I could become such close friends with people that like I maybe see once or twice a year because right like we all live in different cities but we talk all the time you know we zoom we see each other um and when I so I don't know where I'm going with this but also like trying to figure out how I can also build more community right where I am where I live in Atlanta Anna, you know, with friends and things like that. Like, how do I do that? Because I feel like that's very necessary. I agree. And I actually have a really difficult time right now, even with the concept of like building local community, even though it's incredibly important. Um, I think for me, my biggest hurdle has been COVID. COVID's not over. Um, It's a mass disabling event. People do not mask up where they go. And I think for me, the way that I have dealt with that is just by avoiding going out avoiding seeing the people I used to see in Charleston all the time because I yeah. they don't scuff because and I feel like I don't know that I can be a part of a community that doesn't care about um, disabled people and or about disabled yeah. people and so it's been really difficult to, to do like in-person stuff but I do feel like it's also necessary and important but I'm just like I don't know I haven't really found like a good way past that because I just yeah. I don't know I guess I don't have an answer to it but I know what you mean where it feels so important to have literally community in your physical yeah well and like I know we've talked about this but like one of the also like really important things is like for me is community that like shares the same values as me that I you know that I you know I mean I I know we've talked about this a lot I'm vocal on my social media about it you know with Palestine Gaza um, everything that's been going on um, free Palestine by the way but that's also a thing when you think about community and like relationships that you have in your personal life where you're um, I don't know I don't know what the I don't know how to explain it it's just it's a it's a it's a topic that I feel so strongly about um, and so you know, I want to surround myself with community that also feels strongly about it. Um, And that's, you know, this is, um, I think this is a thing in life where you're seeing, you know, people that you know and love that uh, view it in a different way somehow. And that's incredibly jarring and disappointing and like heartbreaking. And also I'm not a person that is experiencing what is happening right now. Right. So like I'm safe over here in the U.S. So like I don't mean this to be like a uh, make this about, you know, like trying to like center myself, but it's also trying to figure out how do I move forward in interactions with people. Um, And, you know, because I feel as though my beliefs and thoughts are so clear to me now um, that I want to ensure that any community that I build is aligned with that. Not because I want to live in a bubble, but because I mean, I think this is different. This isn't like, hey, I believe in 
I believe you should eat organic food versus non-organic food. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not that it's like, it's literally just about humanity and, and human life and, and are all humans equal or are they not right. at, at the end of the day? With what's been happening in, in Palestine that has most recently come to light in the general public, I will say, cause obviously it's been going on for a long time and we've all kind yeah. of learned about it in our own time. And I don't think it's people's fault for not knowing about it early mm-hmm. uh, because although lots of people did to be fair, but I think, I think that I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. What? What were you going to say? I'm trying to think. Like, I guess my question is, why didn't we know earlier? Like, I knew earlier than October 7th because I had done, like, some like deconstruction on this. So I had known for, like, a couple years earlier. But I didn't, like, you know, it wasn't like I was, like, 20 years old, like, free Palestine protest. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, Also because I was, like, still a Zionist when I was 20. (laughs) So I was raised as a Zionist. But, I, yeah, it's kind of, I guess, on the one hand, it is impossible to know everything happening in the world because as humans we're just not even created created like I'm some kind of creationist we're not like we don't that's just not we've never had that before we've never known everything happening in the world in real time like we do now so I yeah. think it's part of it um but now that I guess the biggest thing is now that you do know what are you doing I think that's yeah well and I I didn't before October like I this is right. not a thing that I really knew about right and at all actually right. so let me just I'll call myself out there is like I had no I had no idea um and I majored like I always find this like I majored in history in college like I've always been like a history nerd um and I think that was like kind of what because I remember just I started seeing videos of creators that I follow that I was like wait a minute I how did I not know about this big thing yeah and then I just you know from there just dove in to try to learn as much as I could and that's my thing. Like, I, I don't, I'm not going to say like, oh, hey, you didn't know. And uh, like, because I, I didn't know either. But I feel like now we know. And there, I don't know how at this point you can say you don't know. Right. Or if you're just not on the internet at all. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. No, I know. And and I've said this to you before, Gabby, but there are always and always have been. And they're usually white women, but sometimes maybe men also that I will see come up on the internet as like social media figures who people fucking adore and love and they're like they are the moral beacon of light that we all needed and I will always have bad feelings about them and I am never wrong I have never once been wrong and now with all these fucking like social media people who won't speak up I'm like yeah I knew it I'm like that I'm like the woman with the the food I knew it I knew it do you know the one I'm talking about (laughs) wait with the food the woman the woman who does like the Karen at the restaurant she's like eating the food in front of the waiter and she's like I knew it I knew it I asked for this to be triple fried triple fried triple fresh oh i don't think i know that oh my god sorry i'm online chronically online chronically online i mean Um, i'm chronically online as well so no judgment here just like very like just different streams right now of tiktoks (laughs) but anyway yeah we're different fyps that sounds like i'm saying like i'm a know-it-all or i I told you so issue it's not that i'm just saying that oftentimes if Mm -hmm. you see someone and they give you this feeling if you get a weird feeling about a public figure Mm -hmm. trust that feeling trust that fucking feeling and do not heroize or like do not put on a pedestal people who have ordained themselves leaders or ordained themselves as you know speakers or figureheads for whatever it might be whether it be political issues whether it be issues of morality whether it be I don't know anxiety issues Mm -hmm. whatever just don't do it it's I've learned my lesson before and now I know better yeah and a lot of the a lot of the I mean the saying silence is very loud the the silence is so loud Um, yeah 
Yeah. Especially among, I mean, obviously I'm not going to put any names out into the world. I mean, you could, I would, but But. you don't have to. (laughs) But I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's huge, like you said, huge social media figures that people follow that are like kind of in that, what is it like, is it correct therapy space? Like things like that, that have most have been telling people that, Hey, you should look away, protect Mm -hmm. yourself. And it's like, I don't think that's it. Yeah. It's not, that's not, that doesn't sound right. That's not the take. That is not the take. That is not how, yeah, you should just dissociate and uh, do something else and live in your own little bubble. That's not what we're going to do. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I've been, I do think about that a lot every day because I have learned lessons through time of mm-hmm. you should never just turn to people as having all the answers and you should never look at yeah. people as heroes. There are no heroes. Yeah. And even yeah. like, I want to say people talking about the people in Palestine as heroes. I'm like, also not heroes. They are people. They shouldn't have to be doing this. Like Bisan and Motez, not heroes. People who are being, you know, like, you know, like it, when we create like heroes into people, we lose sense of their humanity. And these people deserve to be regular people. They are not yeah. like we should not be treating them like heroes because that's fucked up. Are, yes, they are doing brave things. And yes, they are like doing things that but but I, I feel like it's irrelevant. They deserve to just be people as the rest mm-hmm. of us. Um, So once we start making like figureheads out of people, I just think it's really fucked up. So that's yeah, they, they deserve to have they just deserve to be full humans with a wide yeah. range of emotions and thoughts and feelings and good days and bad days and yeah. and I think what has the thing for me is that we are I mean I know so many of us have just talked about how dystopian this is but that doesn't feel like a strong I mean now it just feels like really trite to say that but to force people to go th- who are going through the worst absolute worst moments of their lives then have to share it with the world. Do it in English because they know that they need to appeal, that they're trying to appeal to the West, to Americans, to other people in the Western world is fucking bomb. I mean, that, you know, that's the part. I mean, that's just among all of the things that are so horrific and chilling. Having to show us your pain so much. Oh, pain I know. I know. Is, you know, it's all horrific. It's just. I guess that's my thing. I still can't understand. I mean, I guess, you know, people who can look at that and just look away and choose to, like you said, disassociate. I don't know what to tell you, but. But there are worse things you can feel than pain. Uh, Yeah. Empathy. You know what I mean? I also, this reminds me and I just, this is none of this is writing related, but I do remember when, do you remember when Russia attacked Ukraine and people were really coming forward for Ukraine? One thing that I saw happen that I have really mixed feelings about is they would post pictures of, and I'm not comparing this to Palestine. I just want to be clear. But they would post pictures of like babies in a unit and be like, these babies won't get blah, blah, blah. And I never can stop thinking those are people that you are exploiting pictures of. And I understand the reason why we need to see some of these images or why these come through. But I feel like these pictures taken, um, depending on who's taking them and how they're shared, don't recognize that the people in the pictures are people. And they're not just your fucking like, you know, like violence porn fodder that that makes yeah. you feel guilty. And obviously there's a lot of images coming out of Palestine and I don't, I have a lot of feelings about that too. Like I personally don't look at the images mm-hmm. um, not to dissociate, but because I feel like the people, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. Maybe I'll cut this out. I, I have really mixed feelings about it. Not, I feel like the people who are sharing it are the people who are living it. So I think mm-hmm. that it's completely like that's valid. It depends on, it yeah. certainly matters who are sharing, who's sharing the images. So that matters. Yeah. Um, 
but the idea that if you're a child and the image shared of you is one of violence is I find you know I find that yeah, in itself awful. to be dehumanizing for a kid obviously the fact that it's happening to you is dehumanizing but then mm-hmm. to be shared like that among, and like for people to look and gawk I don't know something about that maybe someone wants to set me straight on like give me a better lens and perspective on this because I understand this I understand one why we share the images like I said like I understand why it's important and people are like don't look away from the pain but also I feel like especially when it comes to images of children I feel like they're those are people and that shouldn't be and if I were a child I wouldn't want that to be the image people saw of me you know what I mean no I I mean I I, yeah ways about it I guess I'm just expressing kind of like a a confusion I have about it like inside I feel like a certain kind of like I don't know so I always feel I don't know I feel a certain way about that well and I think it like you said I think it really does depend on like how who's sharing it right um, I think if we're talking about if we talk if we're talking about the context of like if it for Palestine and the Palestinians, I think because it just in my mind because so much of it's coming from Palestinians who are saying we need I need you to look at this I need you to understand that this is what's happening to us I see it in a different way but I can also see what you're saying about no I see know, that too coming out of Ukraine um, I yeah I guess I'm gonna hold both things at the same time yeah. is what I'm saying it's like because one children can't consent to any images shared of them yeah. even if it is is somebody's parent or whatever. So I have I have feelings about that in general, I think. And just because it. it's a situation of war or mm-hmm. sorry, not war, that's absolutely not what it is. Just because it's a situation of genocide. I'm like, do those children then therefore not deserve to have the same amount of like privacy and protection? But then it's also like um, an issue of, uh, yeah, like you don't want the pictures to be exploitative for people to share around and be like, look at these poor babies. Like there's something about it. There's something about it that I don't, that doesn't sit right with me and I don't know how to square away but like I said, yeah it depends on who shares it obviously like Palestinians want us to witness what's happening right now so also that is important so I guess yeah. it's both and it's actually not just about children it's about everybody anybody's yeah. image who is exploited in a certain way or anybody whose image is shared or whatever I just feel like it's important like you want I don't know I don't have the words I'm gonna look online because sometimes I'll have these thoughts and then somebody will come on and ex- like express it so perfectly in a way that makes so much sense and adds so much clarity. I'm just saying I don't have clarity on how to express what I'm saying right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do, but that is something I think about a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Images of violence in particular and how we share them and who they are of. Yeah. You know, it makes me think of like National Geographic exploiting pictures of, and this isn't about like, you know, violent images, but just exploiting pictures and like taking pictures of people like Africans, for instance, um, and being like, and kind of taking pictures of them as if they're animals, as if they're yeah. looking to gawk at. You know what I mean? I guess that is like part of my um, concern about how we have discourse around this. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I might cut all that because I feel like I, it is definitely like a half-baked thought. I'm not smart enough to have the whole thought. You know what I mean? The cake's not done, but... I- <laughs> You mean, yes. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah. Uh, free Palestine. Yes, free Palestine. So it's been really, I think it's been interesting as a writer to be writing during this time about love also. I know SJ and I have mm-hmm. talked this. And I think it's like an oversimplification to be like, and then I write about love. And then I look at these, and then I like look at the news. Because it, it's really not like that. I feel like, I feel like the things are not separate. You know what I mean? I feel like the, what I'm yeah. doing as a writer is not separate from what I see out in the world. And that everything I put on paper 
is a part of everything I also see in the world. That makes sense. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, that's what, I mean, writing is storytelling and everything we see and experience in the world, whether we realize it or not, informs how we write. Whether we're writing a love story, a romance, or horror, or fact, nonfiction. You know what I mean? Like, there's just, I think it informs everything. Any kind of art that people create is impacted in some form or fashion by yeah. what they see out there. I've said I've said on the podcast before, but if you think what's happening in Palestine can only ha- is happening to people who aren't like you, is only something that can happen to other people, is only something yeah. that has to do with someone far away, you are wrong. It can happen to you. It could happen here in the U.S. It has happened here in the U.S. It has happened yeah. to people who you're related to. It has happened to people who have come to the U.S. from other places. It's just like one of those things where, and also I'm talking like we don't have listeners outside of the U.S. We do. Um, so shout out to you guys. Shout out to our international listeners. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not far away and it never will be. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's also just like a takeaway of, of thinking like humans are all connected. We're all, you know, and we're, we're even more connected now because we can find information out much easier and faster because of the internet. And yeah. I just think, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know where I'm, I don't know. My brain isn't, no, that's <laughs> it's not okay. producing the right words. You know what I but mean? But just like how you and I became friends and we wouldn't yeah. know each other otherwise. Um, yeah, exactly. It's the same. It's the same thing. It just, it just illustrates the connection that we have a little bit more. Um, yeah. I feel like I want to talk about writing some more. What else I've been going through writing wise. Ooh. Um, I have been keeping, oh my God, I am going to share this at the end of this year. Gabby, I will just show it to you because I haven't, I showed it to SJ and she was not impressed. <laughs> But I have been keeping. <laughs> oh, what kind of secret is this? Not a not a secret. I've been keeping oh. um a spreadsheet called Words Per Day, and I have been uh-huh. tracking all my words, and I have a heat map associated with it. So my goal as a writer is to always write six thousand words. That's mm-hmm. my goal every day. I sometimes I reach that, sometimes I don't. Um, but I think six thousand words like twenty five pages. When I have written six thousand words, that's when I start to break through in my most like peak creativity. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. Like it's like if I continuously write that many words in like for several days in a row I will start to dream think speak in the story that I'm trying to write like it will just yeah. start to come so it's always a goal of mine but obviously I haven't reached it but I so I have the spreadsheet I have date how many words I've written for the day then I have like the starting point and the end point so obviously I just like made a little formula so that it like figured calculates it for me and then I yeah. heat map it I have a heat maps I think that's it well I've, I've done like conditional formatting so like if I reach 6,000 words it's green if I reach between 4,000 and 5,000 it's blue you know what I mean like the little cells so I can like see visually and then I have what stage of writing I'm in so am I in editing am I in a drafting stage am I in an outlining stage and then the title of what I'm working on and then I have like personal notes um so like what has been going on and my personal notes are fucking dark they are bleak Like all of them are bleak every single time. The notes that I write are just like bedridden is what I put. Freak out is one that I put. Blood from a stone is another one. Blood from a stone. Writing like an Arthurian legend. <laughs> yeah. No, meaning that like the how was the writing? It was like getting oh. blood from a stone. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Uh, <laughs> like also just couldn't. A struggle. <laughs> The writing was easy, but it was terrible. Those are like the notes that I write. So I've done this. I've been doing this since the beginning of uh, 2024. I almost said 2016, which is fucking weird. Um, Yeah, I've been doing this since the beginning of 2024. And I'm going to see if I can keep it up for the year. So I like that idea. It's not funny. And then at the end, it'll be really interesting to collate it all into some sort of a pivot pivot table, for instance. Pivot table. (laughs) 
A word cloud? A word very, cloud? No. A very 2018 <laughs> internet sensation that went on PowerPoints. Right. So I definitely will share that at the end of the year because I think it's really interesting. Let's see how many words I've written since I love January. That. So part of this is not entirely accurate because for my um, novella, I rewrote the whole thing after I had finished it. So I had 30,000 words written and then mm-hmm. I gave it to my PA, Nikki. Shout out Nikki lived a thousand lives. She is an amazing yes. beta reader. She gave me amazing notes. I trust her fully. I trust her opinion fully. But even if I had, so she was, I I gave her this draft that I'd written and she was like, this ain't it. Like, you know, you got to fix it. And I mean, she didn't say it like that, but that's what she said. And I just want to be so clear. If I didn't agree with her, I wouldn't have done it. But I agreed with her fully. I was like, and there are times when I don't agree with feedback. That happens a lot, but I totally agreed with it. So I rewrote it. So this doesn't like quite accurately reflect how many words I've written because it's kind of hard to track a rewrite, you know, because you're like deleting and adding and whatever. Um, Yeah, it still counts. It's still worth it. said that I have written... 75,850 words since January. Nice. So, That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, That's a full length book. Yeah, but I don't have a full length book done. So <laughs> I know, but you wrote a novella. I mean, like, yeah, I obviously, you just published the book. I know you've got things you're working on in the pipeline. So oh, yeah. Okay. Ah! So <laughs> yes. So let's talk about that briefly. So I am writing a okay, for real. I've talked about things I've written on the podcast so many times, and they've never come to fruition. For real, though, I am ri- <laughs> writing a three book series. Um, Mm -hmm. rom-com and then I have another book set to come out in April I just have to do some editing on it and that is my first monster romance and maybe my only monster romance so that is coming out I'm excited to read it yeah I have an early copy so everybody you should be jealous Uh, more like I just gave you something. I was like, hey, I need a favor. Please read this. But I I'm asked. Asking you. I was like, I want to read it. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to read it. Yeah, it's a little different than other monster romances, as is my custom. I never seem to follow the trends like I should, but I hope you like right. it. There's nothing wrong with being a little different. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes it's okay. It doesn't, but whatever. Um, so that was exciting that I uh, that I made that spreadsheet. I like it. I want to see it. Bit. Sometimes. I'll share it with you after this. <laughs> you should frame it at the end of the year. I'm just I mean, it's so long because there's I know. Just, like so much on there. But yeah. But I it's mean. kind of a good way, like the next year, like the way you could reflect on it at the end of the year to be like, how did I feel most of the year? Was this month, did this month seem weird? No, but seriously, like, yeah. Like you could be like, what was going on with me that I, these three weeks seemed terrible. And then all of a sudden, these, this week seemed great. Like, I don't know. I can tell you exactly what was going on. And that would be my period, which I have been tracking right. via. Yeah. spreadsheet inadvertently because I'll just be like God, I'll, I'll like make a note of it and then I can but I will also say this what has what has come to light which is something I already knew but sometimes it's just good to see things in a concrete way is that yeah. every time I'm writing I'm never positive about the outcomes or about how it felt I've never had it I never have a day where I'm like amazing perfect beautiful I always yeah. feel a little bit of anxiety a little bit of stress which I think is reflected very clearly in these notes that I am writing on the side to myself so yeah. what comes of it I do think it's interesting I'm just doing this because I am someone I don't think I seem like this kind of person but I am someone who loves to collect data like I love to know I just love to know the data points of of like a situation of a project you know and I consider my writing just like a never-ending ongoing project and mm-hmm. I want to know because when you're in it day by day it feels very differently obviously than when you're looking from a high level view and you can see yeah. what actually has happened what's actually been accomplished so I'm so curious to see what it's going to look like at the end of the year. I like that. 
you know, I wouldn't have really pegged you for a data person, but I know. I, I know. Like no, I am. I contain multitudes, as do we all. Yes. That always reminds me of, anyways, I don't know why I'm going to talk about, I'm not going to bring up Superstore. Super- <laughs> random, random niche thing about a line in one of my favorite TV shows where I've seen every episode maybe 50 times. You and SJ both like that show. Oh my God. It's so good. I think I, you would like it too. I've seen it. Oh. I have to be, them? no, no, no. Don't I have you dare. To, I have to be very honest with you. Oh. I don't, don't have a problem. No, no, no. I don't have a problem with the show, but oh. I don't like shows where people aren't, I don't like shows where people are dressed realistically. <laughs> that means exactly okay so you know like gossip girl or like any show oh yeah gossip girl is an extreme example but any show even if the people are just like middle class whatever they'll always be like dressed very nice everyone looks really good i don't like it when it's like like the office for instance where they're like everybody shops at old navy i don't like it i don't like that that is i've never heard that take before i can appreciate how specific it is I just know that I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I do not like. I believe you. I'm like, I'm just thinking about it now. Now I'm just like, huh, okay. I also okay. have one other issue with that show and it, not not an issue with the show, but I don't do well in big box stores because of the overhead lighting. So uh, it's a big struggle for me to even conceptualize it. Like, cause I have such a problem with it. Yeah. Like we were at Costco, Max and I were at Costco the other day and I was just like sunglasses on 8 p.m. You know, sunglasses on at yeah. 8 p.m. And which makes me look like a fucking asshole. I know, but I'm like, I could not work here because because I can't handle the lights. I can't handle them anywhere, which makes makes me sound terrible. It makes me sound like very, I don't know, weak or something, but it's true. I don't know. But you have really light eyes, right? Like you have very light light sensitive eyes. They're both and light sensitive, which are two, which is a bad combination. But I think specifically my eye doctor told me it's the color of your eyes. She said, that's why you're so sensitive to light. But I'm like very sensitive and um, wonder if I got some some colored contacts. Do you think that would help i don't know i don't know anything about contacts to be honest like i don't either i don't know that it would really like shield but i could be wrong i don't know either i'm so here's curious. your chance for here's your chance for violet eyes no but they would have to be darker oh that's I'm true sure. but yeah. i just meant like because <laughs> you know be every like historical like an romance specifically or paranormal <laughs> violet eyes which isn't i don't believe that's a thing it is a thing but it's it extreme is? it's extremely rare like who has okay so Liz but Taylor. is it they're actually violet liz taylor has famously no she famously has violet eyes that was her whole thing i really just thought that that was like a construct or like some i believe it i believe she just had eyes that were kind of purplish they look blue in the picture i'm looking at well (laughs) her whole thing was she had purple eyes that was the whole thing i mean eyes contain multitudes too so i guess that makes sense but they do look purple no that's fair i I really had no idea i i thought it was just bullshit to be honest you can have it you can definitely have i have i ever talked about this how my mother has gray eyes i do feel like i've heard you say i've definitely talked to you about it yeah yeah they're like because i know that's possible very rare also but Mm -hmm. i see as with my childhood trauma i also blame my life sensitivity on the extremely recessive eye traits from all of my family like my sister has green eyes my dad has blue eyes my grandparents all blue eyes my mom has gray eyes my great-grandfather gray eyes like which i know because i saw in his draft records because <laughs> again, I've been looking at ancestry.com, oh, yeah. but like, th- but all culminating into me, a person who can't walk into a fucking Walmart. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> 
bringing it back thanks, to Superstore. Thanks, I, yeah, I like, thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> I could see now how that would be. You're like, I can't even relate to this story because I have not been in there. I can't yeah. go into those places. Well, no, I can, but I have to wear like sunglasses inside, which I am like very um, feel weird about. self-conscious about. Yeah, yeah, I do feel self-conscious about it. I do it still if I have to, but I know that, and I don't think people care about me walking into a store, but I, no. it's still, I'm a human. I feel self-conscious when I'm doing yeah. things that people make fun of generally. There's um, a whole song about it. Sunglasses at night. Yeah. Yeah. I sing it all the time. I sing it all the time. Also, I just want to say this when people are like, oh, no one's, I hate when you're like, I feel self-conscious about something and somebody's response is nobody's thinking about you. First of all, fuck you. Yes, they are. People are thinking about me. People like me. Okay. Second of all, I'm thinking about other people. I notice things about other people. Like it is the most dismissive yeah. asshole way when somebody is like self-conscious. That is not, I'm sorry. The answer yeah. is no one's thinking about you. I think the answer is more people perceive you in a much more positive way than you could probably ever imagine. Number one, because I think that's true. Or if people do notice something about yourself that you find negative, they may not find that negative because I find yeah. that ought to be true about people. Anyway. Yeah. I notice tons of things about people when I'm like out and about, but I don't know what that person's perception of the thing that I noticed is. Yeah. But I too am somebody who's incredibly self-conscious when I'm in public yeah. of what, of how I'm being, of how I might be perceived or, and then I just go down and this is just like my anxiety talking because then I start acting weirder and weirder the more <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, of uh, course. It's like, have you ever tried to walk with somebody watching you? Oh God. Uh, every wedding. Fuck that. <laughs> every wedding I've ever been in is the most painful thing. Yeah. Walking down an aisle with people looking at you? No. Listen, what listen, a nightmare. Listen. I hate it so much. And I enjoy being the center of attention. I love that about you. I do. So I get it from my dad. I come by it honestly. So <laughs> come by but it something honestly. About, something about like walking towards a whole group of people that are like smiling at you, even worse. I'd Demonic. rather be stone faced. Oh, yeah. I hate I it. Oh, that reminds me. Um, sorry, this is no longer about writing. Whatever, guys. Oh, yeah. We're still Whatever. here. We're just chatting at this point. Um, yeah. for those of you who know in the podcast, I had some plastic surgery done, and no, I don't regret it. It was actually great. I actually am so glad I did it because um, I don't know, it made me feel like I was in charge of my body in a way that I've never felt before but mm -hmm. I'll say this about my plastic surgeon which is he's not nice he doesn't smile and he is not a friendly person and <laughs> I honestly prefer it that way because and this makes me wonder if I do a lot of masking because and I think I do because I think of myself as a very friendly person but I also think of myself as someone that's very hard to get to know and I think the reason why is because the friendliness is a mask not that I don't care about other people but that I I don't want to hurt people so that I put on a friendly demeanor so that I so that I can like kind of attend to other people's comfort you know okay. yeah you're I, yeah I know you right so like in a lot of small interactions I like hate small talk I hate kind of like meeting people in those situations although I don't know it's it's a complicated thing because also I am someone who can talk to a stranger I'm some mm -hmm. like I have those traits but it's complicated anyway the reason yeah. I'm bringing it up is because my plastic surgeon he was so unfriendly that I didn't need to be friendly with him and it was liberating. I was like, yeah. I owe you nothing. And I don't care if I hurt your feelings. And I don't care if I say something rude. And it just like felt so good. And I'm like, glad I was trying to explain it to my therapist. And I was like, I was grateful for him to be this way. Because I just don't I don't value like the fakeness of of being like polite. You know, I don't value that. I've never been someone who has. Um, I'm not saying people should be cruel to each other. It's just that yeah. I appreciate more like genuine interactions than I do with like the niceties that 
come with everyday life. And so I really appreciated that he just stone faced, stone faced. <laughs> like, just let's do this, get it done. Was Still asking it. me questions that most people ask in small talk, but was asking them as if it was a fucking deposition. Just <laughs> also side note, everyone at that plastic surgeon's office who I go to now because I go there for IPL, which is an, a face like skin thing I get done. So I go there a lot now. Mm. They all were like shocked that I was married. And I'm like, should I be offended? <laughs> not because I, mean, not because because I think. Trad wife? I don't know what it is. I don't think it's not because I think it's important to be married, but I know they think it's important. I know that they yeah. value it based on the things they were saying to me. And so yeah. also they, but, but then also they were like, we value X, Y, Z, and we've met this person and we do not think she like lives up to these values that we have. <laughs> And you're like, you know what? That's good, actually. Honestly. Yeah. And then my husband was like, well, you don't wear a ring. You didn't change your last name. Um, he was like, did you mention you were married? Did you like <laughs> say I mean, anything about it? And I was like, fair. No. yeah, he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. Anyway, that's pretty funny, though. I know. You're married? What? No, no, because no. literally I was talking about like they were like, if you get the medicine, I didn't get I didn't go under for this procedure. It was just like an in-office procedure. But you can get medicine and like go under for it, yeah. I guess, or like be in like a twilight state. And so yeah. they were like, but then you're going to have to have someone pick you up. They're like, do you have someone who could pick you up? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess I could ask my husband. I mean, he's working, but he would do it. And they were like, oh, like the woman was like visibly surprised. And she was like, and then said, I didn't think you were married. And I was like, oh, well, you thought wrong. Anyway, you're like, I don't know what kind of vibe I'm giving off. No, I do know. That. I do know the vibe I'm giving yeah. off. That's true. That's <laughs> I do know the vibe. I mean, I think there's a, something to be said for that, though, because I sorry, I know we're like going long. So feel free to cut. <laughs> whatever. We were going to put uh, this up. We're, we're like, putting we're it up and people are getting this. Yeah. Like talking about like politeness. Like that's a thing that I struggle with because I, there's a difference between being nice and kind. Nice. One thing. Kind is a different thing. Yes. Um, And I've always wanted to be both. So like I'm overly nice. Yeah. In situations where I don't really need to be. Yeah. 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 Um, Like been there. It's hard to, but it's really so hard to stop. Plus also I've worked in customer service my whole life. So oh yeah. So it's like so deeply ingrained. Yes. I'm also a people pleaser and I have immense anxiety so like it's the perfect storm of bullshit um, why, why are you a people pleaser <laughs> why am i what why are you a people pleaser oh because i live in fear of people not liking me 100 percent. but why i don't know i should do this e what is it called again emdr emdr i don't i'm not 100 percent sure but i feel like i could figure it out if i did that wait so is okay let's just real quick the negative cognition that goes along with people pleasing is it i feel unlovable well yeah people will <laughs> Yeah, people probably won't love me if they if yeah. I'm not perfect. <laughs> yes, there it is. There it is. I, I have to be perfect for people to love yeah. me. I think that might be what it is. If I'm not because if I'm if I'm fully a human with all the range of emotions and thoughts and feelings and it's not always happy and polite, then who who could possibly <laughs> want you? Exactly. So there we go. That's what it is. Oh my god, I want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> we should have to have like a whole nother um <laughs> It's funny Anybody still listening is the question. Whatever. That's why we can talk about whatever we want. Um, that's true. I think, you know, when, as you say that, so I'm not a people pleaser. Mm. And I think that's because at a young age, I realized it was impossible to please my parents. So mm. I went the other direction, which is only do things for pleasing myself. Um, I mean, other things manifested, as I was saying, like in perfectionism, like if I'm not good enough and I don't deserve anything. Also, it yeah. can also like manifests in the same way. Like you become a people pleaser because maybe you don't think you're lovable unless you are 
always nice to people and always make them feel their best and never show like a dark side of yourself that might upset someone. But where, yeah. Whereas I think I was a people pleaser in this way. Oh my God, these are therapy breakthroughs. In this way, which is this. If you are not good enough, if you are not talented enough, if you are not smart mm-hmm. enough, then people will not think of you as valuable to them. And then, yep. so you have to be all those things. So whereas yours was like, I have to make people feel good enough around me. Mine was like, I have to make people think I am good enough to be around them. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I think that's real. I mean, that's real for me. Yeah, no, it is. It makes a lot of sense. It really does. Yeah. I'm going to talk about this with my therapist next. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. But all this does relate to writing because I think obviously writing comes from like the deepest parts inside yourself. And at the same time, I'm overcomplicating it because at the same time, you can just write. You can have all kinds of problems, all kinds of issues because people write for different reasons. You know what I mean? You could be incredibly fucked up and be a super productive, talented writer. Of course you could. That's but yeah. just for me specifically, this has been my journey and this is what I have gone through. And yeah. Well, and like when we think about like character development, right? Like in one story I could write the character that I aspire to be. Or I could, you know, or I mean obviously characters should be fully fleshed out people and humans. But I think when I especially when I write a female character, right? Because that's how that's who I'm like relating to was so not trying to like insert myself into the character, but there's always going to be little pieces of whether, hey, that's kind of a piece of me or that's a piece of me that I don't like. That's a piece of me I do like. That's something I aspire to. That's that's a fear of mine. And now I've put it into this person. They're going to represent this thing that I can't talk about. Does that make sense? Like, that's Perfect. how I think about it. Yes, exactly. And that's why I think it, I do think it's interesting because I think some people you can. OK, there's always a line, right? It's mm-hmm. like like you you write certain characters and you're like, yeah, I put, of course you put part of yourself in them. Of course you do. You are the person who created yeah. a character. Like, and, and like, just like you said, certain things represent certain things about the character will represent certain things for you, but that isn't mm-hmm. you. That isn't you. Yeah. That's maybe not your experience. Just because you write a character who hates their mother doesn't mean you hated your mother. That's not yeah. what's happening. However, have you ever read someone's book and you're like, oh, that's you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had a friend say that about my novella. They were like, I see. And I was like, oh, I didn't mean to do that but then I guess it's just what happened <laughs> see I disagree about that so I did obviously I I think that's just your voice that they were seeing yeah. hearing I think True. they're hearing Maybe. your voice and like yeah of course like uh, your character was also kind of in like a service-based role um which yeah. you've also worked in but that I didn't see that as you Thanks. yeah no I think you're right I mean I think and maybe that's what they meant like as they heard the character, as the character spoke, they were like, that sounds like something Gabby would say. Which of <laughs> course know? it is. Of course. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know how else to. Why yeah, would you? I mean, why would you write in any other way? Having a voice that's very clear is one of the most important things you can have as a writer, in my opinion. Um, yeah. It, it's what just, it's what defines your work. It, what It's what makes mm-hmm. your work distinguishable against somebody else's. It, what makes you, it's what makes you not an AI, uh, yeah. like, <laughs> like chat GBT printout of a novel. So yeah, yeah. I agree. Well, like when I read, read your books and when I read SJ's books like I know I read them and I go I know that this is a Catwin book I know this is an SJ Tilly book I just not beyond knowing it's just that I it's I don't know how to explain it it's just it's there like and I think that's like any author that I love that's what I love about it is that like I know I'm getting that person's voice and I love that person's voice yeah Yeah. absolutely which is different than an insert character for the author different yeah although I kind of love a little insert character sometimes because you really feel that 
author telling on themselves. And that is kind of fun in its own right. Like in a meta way, it's kind of funny because you're like, oh, you are telling on yourself. Like you could just mind it. I don't know why it's so controversial. I mean, why? I mean, I I feel like it's unavoidable to sometimes happen. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, But I mean, obviously, then you're going to write the same person over and over again. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. You really only get away with it once. Yeah. Really only get away with it once. Um, But I do. It's it is interesting. I'm talking about this because I am reading a book right now. I was telling you about it where the character is obviously a self insert and Mm. of the author and the author's kind of fantasy about both who she is and what life she aspires to and or thinks she has. Yeah. And I mean that not in a bad or judgmental way, even though I just said it in a very judgmental way. (laughs) But I mean it that I could see it and hear it so clearly just every second of it. Um, Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. I think I was right. No, I mean, I I won't call them out. Yeah. So anyway, what else? Do you want to talk about anything else? Now that we're off the rails, we can talk about anything. I don't even know what else. My brain is... Anything on your mind? Mm-mm. I don't think so. Okay. Well, now that we've really uh, done a 360 on the convo, we've really gone around in some circles. Enjoyed that. If you're still here, thank you so much. If you're still here, thank you so much for listening. But also, <laughs> I hope you're having a great day. Um, so yeah, we will be back soon with more episodes. Uh, SJ and I actually recorded with the ROM moms. I'm sorry. Am I saying that correctly? Momcoms. Thank you. The momcoms. Yes. A group of four authors who banded together to write four interconnected novels. Or they're also all, they're not standalones. No, they're interconnected. So um, we have those episodes. We did many episodes with all of those authors. So those will be on this coming week. I'm probably going to upload this today because this was just like a fun last minute thing. And Gabby, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Is there anything you would like to leave with our listeners? Duh. <laughs> it's like an overwhelming question. I don't think so. I know, so. right? Are you sure? <laughs> um, no. Free I mean, shit, I'll say it again. Free Palestine. I'm gonna keep saying free, that forever. So always free Palestine. Yes. Always, yeah. All right. Well, with that, I guess that's it. Um, and to our listener, as always, thanks for coming. Yay. Bye. Listen to what I said Talking to me